Hey everybody, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Can of Boomers podcast. This week we are talking with Dr. Philip Blair, retired Army colonel and a physician who is on the front lines of helping CBD become more recognized as a viable medicine. We touch on many aspects, cancer, PTSD, anxiety, inflammation, topicals, lots of very interesting things. So I hope you enjoy the show. Let me know what you think in the comments. This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast, CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. I'd like to share with our audience a little bit of, of your journey. You were an Army colonel trained uh, in medical school, and somehow you've become an advocate for what is amazingly still a Schedule One substance in this country. Can you talk about your journey from Army colonel to advocate for cannabis? Well, sure. Um, my I started off, of course, uh, joined the Army when I was 17, um, went to West Point, and then um, did uh, different types of training. I was uh, went to a number of different posts. I went on to medical school after a couple of years, and from medical school I moved on to residency and uh, did family practice. And I practiced uh, family practice uh, for uh, 20 years in the military. I left that, did some occupational medicine. Um, and then I took on a position of a disease manager, uh, developed a disease management program for chronic kidney disease. Um, I left that and developed a, uh, on the basis of that model and helping people and using a disease management model and looking at many different conditions, I was searching for ways to change people's lives um, that um, would uh, just be dramatic and didn't require necessarily pharmaceuticals. The first focus was on diet. I moved over to exercise and using a whole body vibration device. And then I discovered uh, cannabidiol. Um, it was, I was introduced to it and I was, it was suggested that I take a look at the science on it. And I had the opportunity to use it for myself, my family, for my neighbors, and then for my clients. And I saw such dramatic improvements. Uh, I was just blown away. The literature, too, was extraordinary Was that was already produced, over 1,500 articles at the time. And this was about four, four years ago that I first learned about it and started using it. And what I'm talking about specifically is cannabidiol that comes from industrial hemp. It doesn't contain any significant amount of THC, so it doesn't have any psychoactive properties to it, but it has an enormous number of healing properties. What a lot of people still don't realize is we have an endocannabinoid system that was discovered, I think, in the 90s. And I don't know that it's even being taught in medical schools yet, but there's a lot of people who don't realize that it's a, it's a very vital part of our bodies, right? Exactly. Uh, it's, it was discovered, really identified as in 1992 uh, as a result of looking at some of the THC receptors in the body and it was realized that there was an entire system in the body from the brain and all tissues of the body that were using cannabinoid uh, substances or like substances that our body generates and like any system it has its uh, synthetic uh, it has its receptors um, it, it ha requires enzymes and transport molecules 
Um, and uh, it has degradation enzymes as well. So it's a complete and total system within the body affecting the brain and every organ of the body. And it, its main purpose is to maintain homeostasis. It's not about uh, doing one thing extremely. It's just about keeping a normal balance within the body and keeping the body balanced. Now, one of the things that is often overlooked is the understanding that the so-called medical marijuana is really all about cannabidiol. That's the healing substance in it. Yeah, there's a little bit of THC, but the main emphasis and the healing properties actually come from the cannabidiol. The reason there was so much stigma around cannabis was that people thought getting high was not a good thing. The reality is you don't have to get high to benefit from cannabidiol. Oh, exactly. You know, cannabidiol connects up to the receptors and to the the entire endocannabinoid system. So, and, and cannabidiol, like, like THC, is a phytocannabinoid. But they're more than just these two. There's uh, well over 100 different uh, phytocannabinoids cannabinoids that are coming from plants and we've never even realized it uh, that these are there and they have such enormous value in signaling the body and shifting the body in one direction or another but particularly I'm focused on shifting the body towards health and recovery. Knowing we have this system and we have receptors in our bodies, uh, we generate our own CBD and we can supplement it with plant-based CBD. Is that The model is that sometimes we're deficient in certain compounds, certain CBD compounds, and you can supplement it from the plant source? Very close to being entirely accurate. So we don't actually make a cannabidiol in the body but we make uh, several similar molecules, uh, uh, cannabinoids, endocannabinoids, uh, that do signal some of the same receptors. Uh, cannabidiol is a phytocannabinoid, so it's coming from plant substances, and we think of it as hemp, but actually cannabidiol is found in flax fibers as well, which adds to the value of flax as a bandage and a dressing that can be used. Um, so the, these phytocannabinoids may not look exactly like the ones that are in the body, uh, but they do have extraordinary values for modulating the body and cannabidiol in particular for restoring the health for a, an endocannabinoid system that gets unbalanced. And we're learning more and more that the endocannabinoid system is a sensitive system and that gets thrown out of balance as a result or maybe as a cause for a number of diseases like inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel disease, migraine headaches, fibromyalgia, and even cancer shows significant abnormalities in the endocannabinoid system that may be able to be rectified by using cannabidiol and some of the other uh, terpenes and uh, cannabinoids that are available. Do you isolate that CBD molecule and pull it out and maybe synthesize it in the lab as opposed to, I think, what's called a whole plant formulation where there is um, some synergy between the compounds that you're talking about? You know, that's a really good point. And what we actually see, you look at the science articles and uh, many of the studies have naturally been on purified formulations of CBD. 
it behaves one way and you can see the specific benefits uh, and you don't see um, any conflicts with you know other substances that might be in it. That's great for the science studies, but in clinical performance, I can really tell a difference between a full spectrum uh, cannabidiol, one that includes what is often called the entourage, um, some of the other substances that are in the plant. And so it's a um, plant-derived, plant it includes flavonoids, um, it includes tannins, um, it contains uh, additional cannabinoids, uh, as well as terpenes. And all of these things, all of these compounds make for a much richer environment and a more therapeutic environment without causing additional or causing any significant side effects. In fact, uh, the studies that have been done with cannabidiol have not seen any significant adverse effects or toxicity. When you are working with patients, how do you begin to determine the correct dose? Well, the legal issues are, are fairly complicated. Right now, the the cannabidiol and from uh, from plant sources from industrial hemp is available almost in every state, um, and it's only the federal laws that are that are trying to restrict, or the DEA is trying to restrict it. In fact, Congress has passed a couple laws, the Farm Acts, that have said, "Hey, let's reclassify this," uh, uh, and that industrial hemp is really a different category. We can't put it, and it shouldn't be put into Schedule One. But right now the DEA and the FDA are ignoring those particular laws and guidelines uh, and interpreting the laws, which they're not allowed to do, but that's being done under the current administration and some and the previous administrations as well. So right now it's available in throughout the United States uh, by some major companies, even global companies that offer the same products in 23 countries of the world. So it's not uncommon for me to have contact internationally uh, with people using uh, cannabidiol specifically. When I make recommendations, I try to give people a guideline for starting CBD and using um, the recommendations that are actually on the bottle of what they're using. Now I have my preferences and the one the products that I find that are most effective, uh, but uh, invariably when people are talking to me and asking for advice, I'm going to give them recommendations. Uh, I have to give them recommendations on what they have, uh, as well as inclining them towards a product that I believe is very effective. In giving them those recommendations, I have people start off with the, the recommendations that are on the bottle, whatever the serving size, do that twice a day, and then increase the dose, as what I usually say is titrate the dose to their particular need to control their symptoms. Now that may mean uh, doubling the dose or even tripling the dose, depending on what they're using. I also give people guidelines at target for how many milligrams of uh, CBD tincture is generally effective for these problems using a product like Elixinol um, that is a global product that is um, as a vertical integration in terms of their growing as well as producing and distributing uh, quality CBD products. Do you prefer a tincture to a capsule or a vape or are there different applications for the different forms of CBD 
You know, I need to adapt to uh, the patient's uh, lifestyle, what they are able to take, what really fits with their uh, situation. Um, and, and that means that it varies based on um, uh, what their, even their preferences or even what their taste is because they've got to be taking the, the substance in order to get that particular benefit. So in some cases, I use tincture. Uh, other cases, I use a liposomal variety, which has a greater bioavailability and absorption. I, I get a lot of really, really good effects, and it's more cost-effective. On the other hand, some people just can't remember to take it, and they can't stand the taste of things, and so uh, capsule is is best. Other people are really want to maximize the the absolutely best products available in which case i may represent or recommend a concentrate that is very high concentrations of uh, cbd so that they can and along with the entourage so that they can get the full benefits and finally there are people who are just cost constrained and they don't have um, any uh, very limited budget and so for them I think vaporization is a great way to get started with it and to confirm the uh, benefits that you can get from CBD and also for the, those people who have uh, neurodegenerative conditions um, as well as behavioral conditions delivering CBD directly to the brain um, by by way of the lungs is really a magnificent and it, the delivery happens in 10 seconds. And so you can feel the particular benefits and you can titrate the dose based on your inhalation, the depth and the frequency. Now, on some of these conditions, as you say, you'll you'll see immediate relief and, and the patient will uh, know it. But say uh, something, uh, a disease like cancer, you might not immediately see the benefit and it may take some time. I mean, are there good studies that show the anti-tumor effects of CBD? Do we, do we have case studies that show that it's really effective in, in cases like cancer? So the problem is that the, the government has uh, limited its use in uh, different types of human studies, but there's a huge number of studies about cannabidiol in preclinical studies. There's over, over 70, perhaps uh, 100 uh, human studies that have been done that show its safety and effectiveness in various conditions. But uh, specifically, I don't ha have any um, clinical studies with regard to humans that have been done. Now, you, you narrow the focus down to benefits in cancer, but you really need to look at the broad benefits when you're talking about cancer because it does have anti-tumor effects that have been documented in cell cultures and in animal studies that show that it has um, an anti-tumor effect uh, in several different ways, um, blocking or killing uh, cancer cells, uh, blocking their spread, um, their metastasis, blocking the vasculature, uh, and changing the metabolism of those particular cancer cells. But you, you've also got to remember that there are other benefits coming along in terms of uh, enhancing the effects of chemo and radiation therapy on killing the cells at the same time as protecting normal tissues and the brain from the ill effects of chemo and radiation. So you, you've got the protection of normal tissues using cannabidiol and you've got the enhancement of the killing effects 
uh, that's there. Um, and patients do feel better with using CBD. They have quite an immediate response uh, after using the CBD because they feel um, a, a reduction in anxiety, they have improvement in sleep, there's a reduction in pain, and these are the things that happen within minutes of a use of a quality CBD product. I mean, you are still a rarity. There's not that many doctors out in the lead saying that this substance can help you in, in all these ways. Do you uh, foresee a day when this is more widespread Spread and, and what needs to happen to, to make that happen? I do see uh, it broadening out. And one of my missions uh, that I've taken on upon myself is to educate uh, physicians uh, and uh, medical professionals. Unfortunately, uh, the MDs uh, tend to be demanding uh, randomized controlled trials and those just aren't available because the government has restricted studies on those those particular areas. So it's very difficult to provide proof for them. And as you mentioned earlier, they're um, teaching, they're not really teaching about the endocannabinoid system and very few doctors know about it or if they're, it's given a short shift in uh, the medical school. About, I understand about 8% of schools are really teaching it. Um, so there's a general ignorance, and it's categorized with the marijuana culture rather than looking at this as a medicinal compound that has enormous value but has yet to show any toxicity, even at massive doses. So they're really missing the boat on this, but unfortunately it seems to be caught in the culture, and they're not willing to go there. There's also a, a number of other excuses uh, for not using it. Probably the most important is uh, the, of, afraid of uh, any legal consequences of uh, recommending a substance that is still classified uh, by the DEA as a Schedule One. Sure, and, and there were many decades of sort of government-sponsored propaganda about the evils of, of cannabis, so there's a lot of work to overcome that kind of stigma. We see it in the states. You know, it seems almost every week or month there's another state that has made medicinal cannabis available. And again, as you say, CBD is available and, and legal in every state, as far as we know, until someone decides to, to prosecute against it. But the changes legislatively and, and at the ballot box are going to take an effect in your doctor's office eventually, right? Well, it's going to take some time in order to get through these hurdles of, of particularly the the current Justice Department to, to get past it. But, but this is enormously ironic, is that you've got a substance that um, the DEA has uh, shifted the wording around such that they've made, they've tried to make cannabidiol um, a Schedule One because it was never, it's never, it's not actually listed uh, as a Schedule One substance, um, but they have shifted uh, towards uh, changing the wording so that it does become that. But, but here's the irony, is that you've got a substance that is listed or considered by the DEA to be a Schedule One that there's no medical value um, and it's uh, uh, probably addictive and harmful. Yet what I see on a daily basis 
is the be the ability to reverse addiction to be as a primary treatment for addiction whether it's alcohol cocaine heroin opioids provide analgesia and provide relief from anxiety depression um, and even dementia and all of these things are bundled in this simple simple molecule it's just 22 carbons large and can manifest all of these changes for the entire body at this and and of course the 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 terrible irony is that it's being restricted as being potentially a harmful substance which is so absurd and harmful for the health of the entire world well it's stunning that that would even be proposed but you know we live in times when some crazy stuff can happen politically i think our listeners need to be mindful of, of safeguarding their rights to this medicine and, and doing what they can to make sure that everybody's got access. And you've mentioned so many conditions. Um, you know, I'm wondering about if you've done any work with veterans and with PTSD and if uh, CBD helps with that. I am really uh, digging into that particular area. I'm trying to help as many veterans as I can because I see profound changes that are immediate in nine out of 10 um, people with PTSD. Now, the focus has been pretty much on veterans. It, it seems to be well accepted as PTSD, uh, but they only represent about 30% of the entire country's population and for, for that matter the world's population of PTSD in fact uh, there's quite a, a wide variety of people who have PTSD that don't have military or traumatic experiences an example is uh, um, uh, camera people from uh, news media that go into uh, difficult situations and uh, um, uh, traumatic situations, uh, just like uh, Hurricane Katrina. They can come out of that uh, worn down and with PTSD-like symptoms. And so these people are candidate. In fact, it turns out that the predisposing factor for PTSD is a uh, an abusive uh, childhood or a neg neglected childhood. That can um, it can make you more susceptible uh, to PTSD because not all, not everybody who experiences a major trauma develops PTSD. But um, those types of uh, childhood traumas make you predisposed to developing that uh, in uh, in any population, whether it's a 911 um, uh, call. Uh, uh, call centers or whether it's emergency workers or even in cameramen and broadcasters uh, that are going into uh, other countries. I'm particularly interested in uh, PTSD and veterans and I'm mounting uh, quite a campaign in Vancouver, Washington uh, where I live uh, to involve more and more of the population and, and the veteran groups uh, to um, make them aware of it. I've got a, some informal studies that are being done locally that I've invited uh, members to and the products have been uh, donated so that I'm able to give these and we're tracking the results uh, to see how 
the veterans respond. Right now, we're getting about nine out of 10, very, very highly uh, uh, responsive and uh, indications of a long-term recovery using CBD. That is really fantastic, especially when you consider the numbers we've seen who get in trouble with opioids. There are a lot of fatalities, not to mention just addiction and heartbreak and huge costs associated with just rampant prescriptions of of opiates. And here's a substance that is plant-based, has never killed anyone as far as we know, and maybe it ends up with much better results. You know, I was just talking to a woman who volunteered a testimony for me. Um, I I actually recorded that. I posted that on my YouTube. I hope to have it uh, completed in next day. But she talks about the effects of CBD, using CBD for um, what started off with pain. But with her past history of addiction, she saw these changes in her personality, the, the loss of any type of craving for or one of the opioids or even heroin, which she had had previous experience with. And she had a sort of fortification of her inner strength and a drive to give back to the community. And she wants to become an advocate for CBD to try to change the world, change Australia first, but also change the world. And then this morning, I talked to a cameraman, a broadcaster, Uh, who um, I had helped some time ago with PTSD. And he wants to develop a program to to get other broadcasters and other cameramen um, and women involved uh, with some self-help and using CBD and even uh, to the mode of preventing CBD in those traumatic situations. Because there's really good information and good science that suggests that it can be used um, after immediately after a trauma or during a traumatic situation situation to extinguish the the phases of PTSD and protect people against that disorder. What a great medicine to have in your toolkit. Does it make sense to think about CBD as a supplement, almost like a vitamin? And if so, do you have recommendations for how to uh, take it? Absolutely. I think CBD should be in everybody's medicine cabinet as the reach for, the first reach for substance uh, that is available because it has all of the properties, it it, uh, supersedes all of the properties of those other things that are in the medicine cabinet. If you get, any type of injury. If, uh, if you have a headache, it's good for that. You get a bruise or an injury or a scrape or a burn or a bite, you put the CBD directly onto those areas and you can get resolution. Taking care of arthritis, it's, it's easy. You can control arthritis magnificently and all types of arthritis, whether it's osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis, you can get control of the substance and then you get added benefits Uh, like those things that improve sleep quality, improves your mood and your interactions uh, with your family members uh, and your spouse. Um, There is a reduction in inflammation all over. And uh, and I did mention uh, the insomnia, but it it also takes care of those addictive portions uh, that people may be running into, whether that's alcohol-related or some of the other substances that you might encounter. So I think that it is the ideal medication for 
um, your medicine cabinet and the first reach for, it certainly is for me, if I have any sort of um, issue that comes up, I'm going to use CBD first because I, I know the, the magnificent properties that are associated with it in terms of immediately uh, relieving uh, pain, um, relieving anxiety, um, as well as reduction of the inflammatory component um, that is involved with almost all of the diseases, whether that's uh, depression or Alzheimer's disease. Just thinking back to the first part of our conversation where you talked about homeostasis and just because we have this endocannabinoid system that's hooked into all of our other systems and it's related to appetite and sleep and mood and all these things, I guess is the mechanism of how this works. It's, it's going to bring you back to balance. Well, that's, that's a good summary. It does, and that's the, the idea is that it brings you back to balance. And, it, you know, from my experience, what I see it doing also is uh, taking you back about 10 years. It's sort of a fountain of youth and improving your skin, your hair, uh, your attitude, your eyesight, uh, your voice, um, your, your musculature, your sleep, um, your sex. I mean, all of these things are really do see substantial improvement by using cannabidiol. I have used the elixinol balm. I still run a lot, and I've had a knee pain that feels like it's a spike in there. And yeah, you rub a pea-sized blob of the balm on, and it goes away. It's amazing. Perfect. Unbelievable. And, yeah. and you're using a fairly low concentration, but it has... Uh, it's got better bioavailability and better absorption, so you get good penetration for that. They've, the Elixinol company has done something else with the liposomal variety. It's in a citrus twist, and uh, one milligram of that is the equivalent of five or even seven milligrams of a tincture. So very, very well absorbed. I like to have people hold it in their mouth. Uh, if they're going to take it orally, hold it in their mouth for at least a minute because of the Im amazing absorption that can occur in the mucous membranes. And you can feel the effects very, very rapidly with that. Are you referring to the liposomal or the tincture or, or both? Well, all of them. Uh, even a capsule, if people are not sure if they're getting the benefit uh, from a capsule and, and feeling the effects, I tell them to bite it and swish it in their mouth to, so that they get the wow effect. Effect. And the wow effect that I'm talking about is that this calming, this relaxation, this improvement in uh, visual acuity, um, as well as a reduction in pain. Now, typically, people will respond to me and say, oh, that must be placebo effect. I can't believe that happened that quickly. But it does. And one of my favorite um, ways uh, is to uh, monitor people as they take their first dose. And I'll point out to them the changes that they are likely to experience, um, which is, is quite remarkable, And but people may not attribute it to the CBD uh, unless I point it out to them. If you do swallow that capsule, it's probably going to be two or three hours before it works its way through your digestive system and your liver and all that. Whereas if you let it soak in sublingually, if you're vaping, you're going to get an instantaneous effect. And the That's sublingual right. will so be... The, you're much, exactly yeah. right on the capsules. It's a, one to two hours uh, before you feel the effects. And they can be subtle. It has to go through, as you pointed out, it generally goes through the liver and it gets degraded in that process. Whereas when you do it sublingually, then you get that a direct absorption. Or if you 
do vaping. Now, I want to make it clear that you should be using a vaping formulation and not using um, some of any of the tinctures or even the liposomals as a vaping. The, the, one of the companies, uh, well, Elixinol has a Respira. It doesn't say vaping on it, but in fact, it's a whole, uh, it, you can use it topically, you can use it orally, or you can use it as a vape, and it is designed to work as a vape. I have used it as a vape. I didn't realize you could use it topically, too. That's a versatile bottle of medicine. Well, I have one lady who reported to me she's using it for a, a dry socket after having a tooth removal, and she's getting great results for, uh, from using it, and she's really pleased uh, with uh, the progress. You mentioned your YouTube channel. Are there other places online where people can uh, connect with you and, and follow you and see what's happening? Well, I do have, um, if somebody wants to do a consult, uh, then I have a page that people can go to. I also have um, my own website, which is uh, drblairmd.weebly.com. And people can connect uh, with me there. They can see a little bit of my history. But I'm not into advertising or promoting. I I just want to help people. Uh, I want to transform lives as I see so commonly. So my particular goal. You can also see some of my information at elixinol.com. And if you want general information about uh, cannabidiol, you should look at uh, projectcbd.org. It's important to have the .org and not .com to get that information. Do you have any organizations you recommend that people support in making sure that they preserve our, our right to CBD and, and cannabis? I don't have any particular organizations, um, and I, I haven't aligned myself with any particular groups. I make myself uh, available to organizations trying to, um, to promote the science and the facts and my, my clinical experience and how it can be used and wise use of uh, CBD. That about covers it unless there's anything else that uh, that we should mention. Well, there's just one other area that I found enormous value to and that is dementia. I think everybody in in the boomer generation is concerned about dementia and CBD can reverse dementia again in about 9 out of 10 cases. Uh, and I strongly encourage people to look into this if they feel any cognitive slippage uh, in themselves or their family members. Now, do you make a distinction between dementia and Alzheimer's? No, I don't. Um, there's multiple causes of dementia, whether it's uh, Parkinson's related or it's from uh, multiple small strokes uh, or if it's uh, um, Alzheimer's type of dementia. Um, also, it's you can also categorize it come, uh, from any of the neurodegenerative conditions, including traumatic brain injury and uh, chronic uh, traumatic encephalitis uh, that are typically coming on from people as young as uh, college students, uh, football players. As a protectant and also as something that can reverse the condition itself. Exactly. I, you know, in my, my philosophy, it should be, CBD should be available to people who are uh, going into harm's way, whether those are first responders or whether that's military. They should have some degree of CBD on board if they're at risk for any type of trauma. And then if they do experience trauma, CBD should be given immediately um, afterwards. It's actually been shown to be protective. Uh, in stroke, um, in heart disease, heart attacks, 
um, as well as other organ injuries, um, ischemic type of injuries. So the, the benefits are enormous and it would generally, it would help the recovery and prevent a lot of the morbidity that comes around those types of uh, traumatic injuries. And there's zero side effects, so there, there's really no reason not to do it. There's no toxic effects. You know, there can be some minor side effects like a headache or fatigue, uh, but these are trivial compared to the potential and, and the healing and the protective value that CBD offers. I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. We really appreciate it, and it's an important message that we're happy to help spread. Wow, thanks so much for allowing me to talk about my passion and what I think uh, that could change the world and the entire medical landscape um, of this country. Thank you, Dr. Blair. You're welcome. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.